Circular Firing Squad. My name is Marty Gentius, and I serve as the host for this episode. As a counseling faculty member at Kent State University, I'm thrilled to be here with all of you today. Our squad consists of four members. We have four questions lined up and four answers for each question. Our questions range from the fundamental to the frivolous, and we can't wait to see what everyone brings to the table. Let's get started and see who's joining us for this exciting episode. Hey, everyone. Gina Martin, Assistant Professor at University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Hi, Stephanie Martyr, Practicing Clinical Counselor, Doctoral Candidate at Kent State University, and co-host of Grad School Deconstructed. Hi, everybody. Elliot Ingersoll, Professor of Counseling at Cleveland State University, the one in Ohio, not the one in Tennessee. And I am the host of Apply Topically. Well, if you were... Careful, listen carefully to the introduction tonight. I changed it. Actually, I didn't change it. What I did was I put it in chat GPT and said, please rewrite this introduction. And that's going to be my first question. But before we get into the first question, I also then started playing around with it because I'm on another tech group where the person had put in Bruce Springsteen songs and had chat GPT rewrite them. I had them rewrite Born to Run to a Yoko Ono song, and it didn't turn out too well. But here's two alternative introductions. This is for seven-year-olds. Hi, kids. Welcome to Circular Firing Squad. My name is Marty Gentius, and I'm a teacher at Kent State University. I'm also the person in charge of this show. We have five friends joining us, or four friends joining us today, and each have four fun questions to ask. Some questions are super important, and some are just silly. Let's find out who's here today and have some fun. So that was one version. Another version I went with was, write it as a pirate. Army hearties, ye be welcome aboard the circular firing squad. I'd be Marty Gensius, a learned matey from Kent State University, and I'd be the captain of this here vessel. We've got four <laughs> fine crewmen joining us today, each with four jolly questions to ask. Some may be serious as a storm at sea, while others may be playful as a school of dolphins. So hoist the anchor, me hearties, and let's see who'll be on board for some swashbuckling fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's vintage. That's just brilliant. Wow. Yeah, the delivery took the wind out of me. The wind out of me sails. Um, (laughs) So ChatGPT is this AI online. You can find it at uh, chat.openai.com. And it's being put into a lot of different search engines. A lot of different companies are trying to add in this AI writing capability. But it's driving academics nuts because it can generate text. And I put in, mm, write me a paper on the May 4th incident at Kent State University. And it wrote me a five paragraph or more paid paper, uh, giving me the history of the whole event. Difficult to trace as being plagiarized, because they do a good job of doing that. Not impossible. There are some tools to do it. But it's pushing people to think differently about content production. So my question to the crew, what are you 
to my mateys or my <laughs> five, my four fun friends are, what's your take on chat GPT? So, well, for this, it's funny, you know, I, I should have guessed that it was already going to go in this direction. And I thought that I was going to be clever and ask chat GPT what its take on chat GPT was, because when I'm reading, it wasn't supposed to, you know, it's supposed to like deflect anything that should be kind of in that, in that regard, like something with feelings, anything that has that kind of says trickery behind it, I think was the word used in this description or along with others. Anyway, it said, as an AI language model, I don't have feelings or opinions in the traditional sense. However, I can tell you that my purpose is to help people by providing accurate and helpful information to the best of my ability. And then there's two more paragraphs. So it has a very detailed response to, to its own self and purpose. And it's potential to be a valuable tool for helping people access information and resources. However, it is important to remember that I am not a substitute for human interaction or professional medical advice is how it ends up. So I think this is cool. I Marty's question really, I, it was something I was going to be researching for a while. I hadn't gotten to it. So it kind of forced me to go and create an account and start playing around with it. And that is the first thing that I did. So I would have an answer for tonight. My partner brought this up to me um, actually right before, like over winter break, right before the semester started. And so I had a little bit of time to play around with it and get used to it and think about how students were going to be using this and think about how we could be using this. Um, I have like kind of a two-part answer. My first part of my answer is that I think it's a really... Um, kind of scary how right on it can be. And I know that there are some flaws and I know it's not completely accurate on everything. Um, but for the few things that I've used it for, for example, I'm teaching a course on psychopharmacology right now. And so I was looking up some of the, you know, drugs and medications and fact checking it with the textbook that I'm using and everything was spot on. And I was kind of impressed and it was eerily just... <laughs> accurate. And so that was kind of interesting. So that's the first thing. And just how um, vast the knowledge is that it has and how many different directions it can go in. Uh, I also started to try to play around with it in terms of like figuring out how students could use it, say for like reflective essays and such. And I was actually, again, very impressed. It does have some good self-knowledge stuff in response to your answer too. Um and then the second part of my answer is that I think we can use it as a tool. I think that it's something that we can use to start, you know, I don't know, content analyses. I think we can use it to start. Um, oh, my gosh, Marty. <laughs> I can't keep talking. <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I did that not to disturb your process, but I put a picture up of me uh, that was AI generated. There is also a art AI system that you can put in like 10 profile pictures of yourself and it will generate i'm that's me as a cowboy um out on the plains and um, oh my gosh yeah it's um and i look to a uh, 20 years longer younger and about uh 40 iq points lower um <laughs> that's the hat. sorry it's yeah, a hat. 
Oh my gosh. We need to like change that for our uh, logo for just this show so that everyone can see that. <laughs> wow. Now I can't even remember what I was saying. It, 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 there was, you could use this as a tool. You can use this as a tool. Yes. I was thinking that. Yes. Okay. So you can use this as a tool. It's um, something that can be a good starting point. And I think just determining like where to begin, you know, looking at a blank page, if you're writing an article or something like that can always be challenging. So using this as like a starting point, I think can be really helpful for students and for, for us. So it's just kind of a thought I'm having, and I don't know how students are going to use it. And like you said, Marty, it's difficult to track. So we'll see, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. I'll, so I'll be honest here. I, uh, I got to these questions late in the day and I thought I'm just, you know, I was looking at them and I was like, I'm not going to look anything up. And I, I thought chat GPT at first I thought, it's an orally transmitted sexually uh, sexual disorder disease STD. I thought that's probably right. It, you know, and then Which we talk a lot. We do talk a lot about these about, kinds of things on this show. Yeah. So I'm glad your mind went there. They're important social issues. Yeah. Um, and then I thought Marty said, "Listen to the intro. It's different." And he said, "I am the host of this episode of Circular." I thought, "Oh, Marty wants help hosting." Maybe we'll rotate that. That's fine. You know, I thought you were trying to send us maybe a message or ask for for support in a way that, you know, kind of blended in with the theme of the show. But then, yeah, so I'm, I, you described what it was and and I was pretty blown away, especially by the pirate version. I'm like, I don't know. Um, golly, I, you know, Mark Twain's line, the the difference between the right word and the wrong word is the difference between a lightning bug and lightning. And I have sat, I, I, I got to the questions late because I was working on a paper that I had a deadline for and a couple sentences, I just needed to sing more. And I just sat there until my brain came up with something that sang more. But yeah, a, a chat bot, I, I don't know. I think this is part of for me, part of for me getting old. I really don't care um, about this stuff. And I, you know, I probably should, they might take over the world, totally possible. But I'm also like, man, as a man of diminished energies, I just have to pick and choose my battles. So I'm still going to say it's probably a sexually transmitted disease that we just haven't quite sorted out yet. Well, you know, my response to this is we, uh, the uh, email was going to kill all personal relationships. The, before that, the telephone is like, well, nobody will write letters anymore. And and Chat GPT has gotten academics crazy. There's a uh, there was a workshop on it that we had at Kent State. I attended uh, virtually, and it was a bunch of rhetoric and English teachers going nuts because suddenly composition is not important, or it can be replaced. And I'm I'm like yes, but no. At the same time. Most of what we write, you can argue this point, and most of what we consume is material that we don't need to generate by our own actions, that it's passing on information that's already out there in other sources, and it's collecting it and putting it in a way. So the idea of academic rigor around this uh, you can set up a system that looks like you've got academic rigor, but in reality, most of what gets pushed out as academic is not rigorous. There's holes in it. There's mistakes. 
There's things like the difference between a lightning bug and a lightning that that that's in it. So this is no better or no worse. Now, what it does is if we kind of take these concepts of AI and extend them into to education, what it does is it opens up possibilities. Suddenly, we don't have the skill of writing a term paper becomes a bit perfunctory, at least for 80% of what we write. And so it means we have to get people to think in different ways because we're not having them forcefully construct things around a particular pattern anymore. We have to get them into other types of higher order thinking. But yeah, people are going crazy. And it's like, okay, how can we protect ourselves from this? How can we keep the old garden in shape? How can we make sure that every paper that's handed in is not using AI? Um, it's like, keep putting those walls up. But frankly, I don't know what you're protecting anymore. Wow. Eloquently stated, Marty. That was that was that was a nice that was a nice capsule treatment of it. Now you got me thinking. But what I was doing today, I was I was writing a paper poking fun at wokeness, which I know will probably get me canceled. Blah blah blah. Whatever. I'm too old to be canceled. I think. But I was like, what I would I'm going to go into this chat GPT and I'm going to say, write me an ironic statement about, and then I will say whatever you know, fill it in. But yeah, I think things like irony and 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 taking multiple perspectives to draw out humor. I'm wondering how they would do with that. Now I'm curious. I spent two hours today coming up with three lines or refining three lines. They needed to be tight. They needed to be as compassionate as they were humorous. And they needed to let me bitch a little. That takes me a couple of hours at least. So I, well, I, you can you can this. type in like please rewrite this in this tone. Okay. And somebody I heard talk about it said that they were doing like a job letter application and they said please write it in more of a masculine definitive tone which she was unable to do but chat gpt was able to do it for her that made her sound more from the letter more engaged and more unfortunately buying into a lot of gender stereotypes it was able to pick up tone and make changes one of the introductions I typed in was, please uh, do this in pig Latin. And I just could not get, I, I looked at it, I said, I'm not going to be able to get through this in the show. So um, I just can't do that that well. What does it start off with? I did it in Turkish. Elkamway ote irke irafe undese. That's not Turkish, that's pig Latin. I'm Artme Encius J. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. So I went with pirate and seven year old. Pirate was good. Yeah, pirate was fun. How connected do you feel to major entertainment events such as the Super Bowl or Oscars? And has this changed throughout your life? Um, so you all know this about me. I don't watch much TV, so not at all. Um, Don, earlier tonight when we were going through the questions, I was like, I don't know what to say because I, I don't think I have any connection and. He was like, well, have you ever felt any connection to it? Like anything big? And I'm like, maybe a TV show here and there. And I'm like, no, I don't know. So no, no connection. And it hasn't really changed throughout my life. I feel way more connected to like books um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, this is a good one. I was like, yeah, 
I haven't watched the Super Bowl since I learned about chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It's just hard for me to enjoy. Although one of my favorite scenes in the uh, movie Concussion uh, that, that that talks about the doctor who kind of sorted a lot of this, uh, the, the woman he ends up marrying is watching it and she goes, have you looked at this? It's quite beautiful. And it really, there is a beauty there, an athleticism, a grace um, that I admire. But yeah, um, the Oscars I used to have, we used to go to an Oscar party um and it was fun and we had seen most of the movies that was before we had kids after kids it's like wow seeing a movie it's gonna have to show up on telly or we're not gonna be able to watch it because we don't get out that much and then i also noticed the the, even during the pandemic i would try to kind of get excited about the oscars but the freaking movies were so depressing i'm a musician who's losing his hearing and one of the things i think a couple years ago was a hard rock musician who's losing his hearing i'm like too freaking depressing. I've got, I don't want to relive that on the screen, you know? That ain't the sound of music. So I think that the the, the types of movies that get picked maybe have changed. And maybe it was always political BS. But I used to feel more excited about watching the Oscars. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, it's uh, whatever, you know, not so much anymore. And like you, I don't watch a lot of television, but, uh, you know. I still I love a good film. I love a good show, but uh, they don't often show up at the Oscars. If you're playing circular firing squad bingo, I'm about to say something that will get you a free space. I like old movies. So uh, some of the new films, you know, the ones that I like to enjoy are escapist films. So things that blow up. I don't want to go to hear heavy stories about people's heavy lives that are going to change the way in which I I just don't want to spend my time with that. And that seems to be where particularly the Oscars are going. And so I've been less and less attracted to those kinds of major entertainment events, particularly the Oscars, because I wind up not seeing but maybe one or two movies that are even spoken about during it. So, yeah, I've, I've watched less and less of the Oscars at all. Super Bowl, I'm more drawn to it only because, not because I'm interested, that interested in football, but um, there are some, now I have kids who have events. And so last week who, you know, we didn't do a show because my daughter was doing a Super Bowl party. And so I brought some food over and hung out there for a while, more so just for that little bit of community with um, her and her husband's side of the family and, and those friends. But, um, yeah, not major entertainment. I can't think of another major entertainment event that um, I would be compelled to watch or spend time with. Yeah, I used to care. Like I like when I was younger, I, I used to care a lot more. It was like fun. I would get excited for it. It would be a thing. Um, it would be something that perhaps... Uh, that social element that Marty was talking about too. Um, I it was fun to go to those things and be around people. It was fun to be able to talk about it later in the next few days. Um, the last, I mean, it's it slowly has kind of been sieved out of my life. I think I'm not sure what's gonna, you know, it it, it might return. I think. But I think I think it's more about the social events. Someone invites us. I used to care about football. I used to play fantasy football. I used to really enjoy playing fantasy football. 
I could not tell you the name of a professional football player right now. Just couldn't do it. Um, as far as Oscars go, I mean, sometimes I would look to the Oscars to tell me, direct me to some movies to watch. I mean, I can find others to watch on my own, um, like the horror movie podcast that I listen to. Got some good ones like Barbarian, which was really fun. Um, but, you know, it, I just, I think the last time I saw a movie that I saw or that I um, became aware of because of the Oscars was Ex Machina, which was really fun and one of the better movies that I'd seen in a long time. And I still think it's right there. Um, I still love that movie, but I don't care about the Oscars. I don't know when they are. I last week I was like, you know, um, Mike went to, said he went to take the the um, garbage down and noticed that no one else had taken the garbage down and didn't know what was going on. Thought it was a holiday that he was missing. But he, then he was like, oh, everyone's watching the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, just doesn't matter right now. Yeah, I love that. I think it's it's very true. My mom, we all got together for the Super Bowl and I don't think I watched much of it. Um, but my mom was like, did they sco score the first goal? <laughs> And I had to laugh because, I mean, I don't know a lot about football, but I do know. <laughs> I don't think they score goals in that game. All right. So I, I think I have the next question. Um, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. Do you prefer the fall term or the spring term for school and why? Oh, that's a that was an easy one for me. Fall, fall, fall. Autumn-esque equinox. Love it all. Something about the fall, it's a fresh, clean slate while the world is going into a dormant stage and it's perfectly for scholarly activity. Spring is like a hangover that just won't go away. I'm always like, yeah, golly, haven't we already been in this semester for 30 weeks? It just seems so long. And then, at least where I work, they put a spring break in at the end of winter. It's winter. It's winter, winter, winter. It's a winter break. Don't call it spring. And it just stretches out the whole misery, you know. And then in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, oh God, until the leaves come out, the sun is so blindingly horrible. And I think all of that just makes the spring semester a long and horrific ordeal for me where fall is just like going down a slide into a little tub of pudding. I got to agree. Fall. I mean, I thought about this for a while. I thought, well, spring, it's kind of nice. You get that. And then I went to fall and I'll tell you the only exception, I think fall, because I still have energy. I think in the spring, I'm just kind of waiting for spring to happen. And a lot of things happen in the spring. So for example, this year, spring break or winter break, whatever you want to call it, Elliot, it happens at the same time spring break happens. Well, spring break at our university happens the same time the American Counseling Conference is which I'll go to as part of my duties, but it's sort of like, I don't get a week off from work. I got to go to a conference, which is like work in a lot of ways, if you're involved in it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting less excited about spring. A lot of things happen. Fall, I would say is great because again, it ends off with the holiday season. That's wonderful. But a couple of years ago, one of our presidents at the university decided that the, the incoming freshmen couldn't sustain being in classes for 15 weeks straight. Like they couldn't, it was just too much for them to consider working on something for longer than 15 weeks. 
and they needed a break for three days. So they put this fall break into the calendar. And then we have Thanksgiving where they have a break. And then we have Christmas where they have a long break. But they needed to have this break in because it was going to help with retention because students are just so exhausted in that first year that they, you know, if we give them a little break, well, what it did was it, it created this domino effect on the calendar. So then we had to figure out whether we were going to drop a week from spring because it's actually a little longer than it was in the fall and what, where are we going to drop it? And then it affected the summer calendar because you need so much time to get the university ready for the fall. So the rooms and the dorms couldn't be cleared, cleaned out and, and be sanitized the way they're normally sanitized because everything got crunched. So this one little three to four day thing screwed everybody, everything up. So fall with the exception of fall break, cause I don't get a fall break. I got to work during fall break. I don't get to take off and rest and rejuvenate. So they retain me for another semester. My first response, my my first inclination was also fall. I love fresh notebooks and supplies. I mean, right now it doesn't really affect me in the same way since I am just working on dissertation. You know, that start I and end of a semester, it's not really registering in the same way. But I always like the fall and the freshness. But then I was thinking about it about how to make spring semester more appealing. And I'm like, spring semester is the semester that is before summer. So when spring semester ends, it's summer for and sometimes that would mean a break. Not always and not for the people that I'm talking to. But when I was younger, it would mean a break. I'm talking from that perspective as a younger student way back you know, to undergrad and before, but I could say I like spring, like the snarkiness, the snarky part of me, but like, I like spring because then you're done for a long break, but fall feels better. Like at the start of the semester, you're not going at all with your crumpled notebooks and, and half worn out pens. Oh my gosh. I love the impassioned responses on this. And I have to say, I am completely the opposite. I I love fall the season and I love the you know here in Wisconsin we've got great leaves and colors and all that it's fabulous um but it usually like gets real cold on Halloween and then it's cold until you know April we have at least one snow, snowstorm so I agree with you Elliot that it is still winter 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 for sure um one thing though about spring that I like better than fall is that as the semester drags on and this might be a geographic location flaw rather than anything else. But as the semester drags on, we lose more and more light. And so by the end, everything is dark. It's dark at like 4 p.m. Um, or 3.30 even. I don't even know. And then it's just dark and cold and dreary. Now, spring, it starts out real dark. And we haven't had sunshine in like months here in Wisconsin. So that's kind of dreary, but it starts staying lighter later. Like tonight it was 5 p.m. and it was still light out. And I was like, this is a beautiful thing. And so there's a little bit of like, you know, I don't know, sunshine. All of our classes are in the afternoon and evening. So I think that that has a big role to play in this too. Um, additionally, my teaching schedule is always better in the spring. 
I don't know how that's worked out, but it is always better in the spring where it's more spaced out or I don't have super long days. In the fall, I had some like, you know, 12 hour days that I had to be on campus and that was pretty brutal. And I don't ever have that in the spring. So for me, it's spring. Got the next question. And this question is just kind of based on the realization. I mean, we know counseling works. We don't need more studies. We don't need more research. I think we need uh, I think we need an ad agency. So my question is, what sort of ad campaign might you design for advertising how good counseling can be? Well, I um, I don't know if I read the question differently. Probably not. I just didn't be as specific uh, with the question, but immediately my mind kind of went to, if I was going to design a campaign to get counselors, to create counselors. And for me, it's Sarah McLaughlin's songs, uh, Arms of the Angel or Angel, with moon-eyed, tearful people looking at the camera. You could help one of these people out of their darkness simply by being a counselor. There's not a lot of income in it for you, but at least you can sleep at night knowing that you're helping some downtrodden person until their insurance coverage stops because, hey, you got to eat too. I, I, I think we're not uh, playing on people's guilt about not contributing to society and the idea that it should uh, that that they should not expect a lot of money out of anything they do. I don't know how to follow that. Um Okay. So I don't know. I was trying to come up with, see, see, now I'm just like, I was trying to come up with some clever mascot or you, something. You can't, you can't get rid of that Sarah McLaughlin song in your no, head. It's an it's earwig a, that's going to follow just... you through the rest of the week. I got it too, man. No, that was brilliant. Uh, you got, you got the idea. <laughs> see, this is not the season. It's supposed to be just November and December only that is just on replay all the time and you can't get away. This is the part that supposed to get a break but that yeah it's stuck it's stuck there um thanks marty um but yeah i was trying to think of a mascot i don't know but i do think that there was a clever ad kind of campaign where it demonstrated how talking to some people sometimes isn't going to uh be be as beneficial or therapeutic perhaps as talking with a professional counselor. Um, and I th thought sometimes some of the metaphors they use um, that were used were kind of clever and got a good message across pretty succinctly. Yeah. So my first response is maybe have chat GPT write one. We could go in that direction and see how they do. Uh Gina, I did that first. I just didn't want to repeat my answer from before and like read the <laughs> chat GPT that I have up here. So I think I Marty's on it. Me. <laughs> I was saving it. Go ahead. Um, so in addition to that, if if that's not an option or if I have to change that, um, I kind of went in the same direction as Marty. I feel like we don't need advertising. I don't know about you all, but I know I have a wait list and I know a lot of people who've got wait lists. Um, so I think the problem is that we need more counselors. And I think creating an ad that would target now Marty's. <laughs> song is playing in my mind um but that would be the the ideal way to target more more counselors so that we can take care of some of those waitlists here's what chat gpt has to say are your thoughts running circles around you 
don't worry, we're here to help you find the way out of that maze. Our mental health counselor can help you find the right path towards a healthier and happier you. We provide a safe and confidential space for you to explore your thoughts and emotions and work with you to develop the coping skills you need to navigate life's challenges. Don't let your thoughts control you. Take control of your life and contact us today to schedule your first session. All right. Mine was a little different. Uh, upbeat music is a camera. I said, write a commercial for people to get counseling. That was my prompt for chat GPT. Upbeat music plays as the camera pans over a happy couple holding hands, smiling and walking down the beach. Are you struggling with anxiety, depression, or relationship problems? Cut to a woman sitting alone on a couch, looking sad and stressed. It's okay to admit that you need help. Life can be tough, but don't you don't have to face your challenges alone. Cut to a man sitting in a therapist's office, talking to a therapist and looking relieved. Take, talking to a licensed counselor or therapist can help you gain insight, develop coping strategies, and improve your overall well-being. Cut back to the couch, the couple on the beach now sitting on a blanket, laughing and talking. At name of a counseling service, we offer personalized counseling services that help you tackle life's toughest problems. Our experienced therapist can help you work through your emotions and achieve your goals. Cut to a couple sitting in a circle, talking and listening to each other. We also offer group therapy sessions where you can connect with others who are going through similar experiences and receive support and guidance. Cut back to the happy couple now embracing and kissing. Don't let anxiety, depression, or relationship problems hold you back. Take the first step towards a happier, healthier life. Contact Name of Counseling Service today and schedule your first appointment. Logo of the counseling service appears on the screen with contact information. We're here to help you every step of the way. Dang orang, man. Uh, that takes me back to my old announcing days, back to my old radio, cutting ads for radio. Well, I think this chat thing, I think it might have it might have a lot that I don't have. Just don't tell CSU because I need eight more years. <laughs> but uh <laughs> no, it's good. That's good stuff. That's that's yeah. That's very tuned into the kind of pop cultural themes one sees in ads at the moment, too. Especially psycho farm ads. There's always a beach. Always a beach. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I, you know, I'm an analog person. I'm more 20th century. And I have a song that I think could maybe help. Um, I couldn't find it. There's about eight verses. I'll just sing you the chorus a cappella because guitar and bass, they don't come through the mic very well. But the idea would be like... There's a counselor for you if you gag each time you chew. There's a counselor to see if you have anxiety. Go where counselors are housed if you sneeze when you're aroused. There's a counselor. There's someone you can see. That's just kind of the, the basic idea. But I think, yeah, a commercial might be might be good. Get all those polymorphic, polymorphic perverse people who do get aroused when they sneeze is what. Yeah, there's a market out there. More common than you know. Mm, yeah. Does that it? Is it it? Does that wrap it up? That's all our questions. I've got one final question for the group. Summer plans? Not yet. Summer school. Well, I'll have my second child going to university, so earning money in any way I can. And I do mean any way I can. I thought I would get some exciting, interesting answers to this but instead, it's like, I got to work, I got to make money, I got to teach. 
Well, I, my goal is to, yeah, I got to teach. I'm going to try and get over to see as many Cubs games as possible. Drive over to Wrigley and try and do that in the summer. Aileen and I were planning on taking an a international trip, and then we pulled back on that. And we're going to do a local trip, I think, sometime in May. Drive over to New York to Adirondacks and Finger Lakes. There's a Buddhist monastery I want to uh, want to spend the day at. So uh, we will probably do that as part of our plans to get around. That's it for the firing squad tonight. Thanks to Elliot, Stephanie, and Gina for joining tonight as part of the squad. Look for these characters on their podcasts on the podtalk.net. You can find more about them at circularfiringsquad.net. Our theme music is from Menage en Quad, Real Swing Chet. That's it for this episode of Circular Firing Squad. Ready, fire, aim. Circular Fire Squad.